Hi, this is Danielle Cressa from The Jaws Curator, and this is a little mid-holiday bonus episode of Art for Your Ear to round out the decade. It's also a really good excuse for you to escape into your studio, just in case the extended family is starting to drive you crazy. So, here we are, heading into a brand new decade in just a couple of days. I started The Jaws Curator in 2009, so as of January 1st, 2020, this thing will have touched three decades. Well, just on the edges, but still. I just planned on finishing 2019 with my last episode that featured L.A. painter Esther Pearl Watson and her weird and wonderful stories from art history, but I felt like I needed one more just to put a bow on the past year. I don't have a co-host today, it's just me, my thoughts on a few things, and a giveaway, because who doesn't love presents? Okay, before I give you stuff, it's reflection time. Sometimes I am so full steam ahead with goals and projects and lists and all of the other stuff that I forget to stop and look back. So for the past few years, that's what I try to do over the holidays. I think it's really important to just slow down long enough to appreciate all of the people, moments, defeats, and of course the victories that got us to where we're standing today. And lucky for you, this year I'm going to record it and make you listen. (laughs) Okay, first up, a little look at the past decade. At the beginning of 2010, my family was living in a small townhouse in a suburb of Vancouver. I was a 36-year-old at-home mom. My son was three, and the jealous curator was not quite one. I posted randomly whenever Charlie was napping and was beginning to transform my jealousy around other artists and their work into admiration. I had no idea what the next 10 years would hold. I was just trying to potty train my kid while drinking as much coffee as possible because he had just started sleeping through the night. True story. Also a true story, on New Year's Day 2010, I wrote a list of 100 things I wanted for my future self. Here are the first 20. Number one, go to New York for the very first time. Two, live near a lake. Three, take my son to Hawaii. Number four, write a kid's book, followed closely by five, illustrate that kid's book. (laughs) Six, publish an art book. Seven, host amazing artist workshops. Eight, audition for Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Number nine, get back to Pilates. Ten, have my first solo art show. Number 11, be featured in the New York Times. Twelve, Hold a baby orangutan. 13. Switch to decaf. 14. Tell my friends that I love them. 15. Learn to say no without guilt. Number 16. Go to the Dirty Dancing Resort. (laughs) 17. Have a beautiful studio in my home. Number 18. Do a triathlon. 19. Have a magnolia tree in my yard. And number 20. Get noticed by Oprah. Yep, go big or go home, right? Well, I'm happy to report that 10 years later, I've done almost all of those things. There are still five to-dos. Can you guess which ones haven't happened? I'm not sure if I should tell you right now or make you guess on Instagram. Hmm, tough call. Okay, I'll tell you. So, I still need to audition for Saturday Night Live. (laughs) That was my dream in high school, and it is still on the list. The second one, 
I have not held a baby orangutan, but mark my words, I will, damn it, I will. I have not been to the Dirty Dancing Resort, but I will tell you right now, that ain't coming off the list until it happens. Um, the New York Times has not written about me yet. Any day now, any day. <laughs> and finally, the last one, which I really think should just come off the list because I have no plans to ever do it. Yep, switching to decaf. What was I thinking? Why would I even do that? So there you have it. The other 15 things have actually happened. Even Oprah. It's pretty mind-blowing, actually, and I'm going to write an updated list again on January 1st, 2020. I totally believe writing lists like this certainly cannot hurt. It puts your intentions into the universe, and forcing yourself to write at least 50, if not 100, helps get down to the nitty-gritty, not just the really big stuff. Things like get back into Pilates, tell my friends that I love them, and the all-important, learn to say no without guilt. That one took me most of the entire decade to master. But here we are on the cusp of 2020, and I'm now quite good at saying, no, nope, I don't want to. Another really eye-opening list that I like to write every year is about looking back instead of looking forward. I've talked a lot about blazing forward and setting goals, but looking back and being grateful is just as important. Think of all the new people you've met over the past decade. Who are they? And how have they impacted your life? Did they become friends or mentors? Did you meet an asshole who pushed your buttons but was ultimately the one that taught you to say, no, nope, I don't want to? Did you sell your first piece? Did you find your tribe? Did you finally set up your website? <laughs> Did you keep all of your plants alive? These things are important. Write them down and celebrate them as victories. All right, so let's move along the timeline. 2019. I'm not going to lie. 2019 was probably one of the hardest years of my life. If you listen to my podcast regularly, you will know that my dad, who I was very close with, died suddenly at the end of 2018. So 2019 was basically spent experiencing all of the firsts without him. First Christmas, then his birthday in January, my birthday in May, Father's Day, etc., etc., etc. And... If I'm going to be really honest, I don't think I took a full deep breath for the first six months of the year as my mom, brother, sister, and I were still wrapped up in the red tape that comes along with a loved one dying in a foreign country. I know that passing away quickly with no pain after a morning run on the beach in Jamaica was perfect for my dad, but for us, well, not so much. We were dealing with Jamaican police, phone calls, paperwork, shipping his luggage, trying to arrange his cremation, which, by the way, ended up being scheduled on my mom's birthday. Seriously, it was a shit show. I tried my best to handle the loss and the stress, but it was absolutely overwhelming. I decided to stop the podcast, as most of you know, and I canceled almost all of the events I'd booked for 2019. Well, except going to Venice. You don't not go to Venice. Because of all of the anxiety... My body did what it always seems to do when I'm under a lot of stress. It grew a couple of really big fibroids in my uterus. Too much information? <laughs> Probably. I'm only mentioning this <clears throat> because it actually turned out to be an artistic silver lining that I'm going to get to in a minute. Anyway, 
I have been in quite a bit of pain, and I am waiting for yet another abdominal surgery. It's kind of like a C-section, but with no baby, sometime in 2020. This will be my fourth surgery of this kind, and I'll tell you, I'm not sure how much more my 46-year-old abs can handle. There's only so much Pilates a girl can do to build back her core strength. Again. But I digress. Okay, enough complaining. I'm going to take my own advice by talking about the good things that came out of the past year. Number one on my list of six great things, I have always been really close with my family, but the bond that I now have with my mom and my brother and sister is insanely tight. We have been there for each other like never before. We hug more and we say I love you like it's going out of style. When the four of us were together for those few days right after dad passed, it felt like being in a bubble, a safe, love-filled bubble that I didn't want to leave. Two, my husband, Greg. We've been together for 21 years, which is crazy, uh, and just celebrated our 16-year wedding anniversary. He has always been supportive and awesome, but he took that to new levels this year. He listened to me cry, encouraged me to smash stuff when I was really, really mad that my dad was gone, and hugged me on demand. Third on my list, a dream came true in June of 2019. You might know this already, but I'm just going to keep talking about it. I managed to make number four and five on the 2010 list happen. Yep, I wrote and illustrated a kid's book. I am still pinching myself about this. I finally get to tell you what it's called. It is titled How to Spot an Artist, and it will be on shelves worldwide thanks to Prestel, which is part of Penguin Random House, as of September 1st, 2020. I clearly remember writing those items on my 100 list, and it felt like just as big of a pipe dream as auditioning for SNL. But it happened. It happened. See? Still kind of pinching myself. Four. Art. Oh, art. It is just freaking medicine sometimes. In early March, I was feeling like I could finally get off the couch, and what I wanted to do was make art but the art I wanted to make had outgrown the teeny tiny spare room that I was using as a studio. I was about to start looking for studio space in my small town, and Greg, my husband, said, why give other people the money? Let's just put the money we'd use as rent toward transforming our terrifying 100-year-old basement into a home studio. And we did, complete with a 4-foot by 15-foot table that I named Broad Mod, thanks to lots of you who weighed in on Instagram. <laughs> This leads to number five, my newest series that I have to say I'm kind of in love with. So I've been thinking a lot about um, how much I love portraits. If you scroll through Jell's Curator, you will notice how many there are. <laughs> I cannot get enough of them, especially portraits of women. Now, that's not how I work. I cannot paint that way. But I've been letting this idea of portraiture roll around in my head for a while, and voila, all it took was yet another fibroid diagnosis to bring about an aha moment. I just did an Instagram post about this series a couple of weeks ago, so I'm going to read that description to you. Here it is. Ready? <clears throat> I've just been told that I have, once again, grown a bunch of large fibroids, non-cancerous tumors, in my uterus. While I wait for yet another major abdominal surgery, I've decided to embrace these masses by envisioning them pink and sparkly, filled with crystals, vintage jewelry, and other random bits of wonderfulness that might have been found in my grandmother's jewelry box. I am going to turn tumors into treasures. 
I was actually going to hashtag tumor treasures, but I was kind of scared about what might come up. <laughs> Anywho, remember a few episodes ago when I was talking about joy, I think it was Andy's episode, and the joy that I used to feel going through my grandmother's jewelry box? Yeah, well, right after that episode, in which I said I would never dream of breaking apart her beloved costume jewelry for my art, I thought, yes, but I can break apart other people's costume jewelry for my art. I hit up all of the little thrift shops in my area, and about two hours and $40 later, I had piles and piles of cubic zirconia, clip-on earrings, fake pearls, and crazy brooches further than the eye could see. Broad Maud is currently covered in them, and she has never looked more beautiful. <laughs> this silver lining is a little more sparkly than most silver linings, and I am so happy that this is where the bad news took me. It feels so empowering. F you, fibroids. I'm going to turn you into the most gorgeous series of feminine portraits ever. Each portrait has an engraved brass plate under the pile of paint lumps and glittery baubles with the name of the fibroid. At the moment, there are a few sets of twins, Flora and Diora, unapologetic narcissists, Fiona and Leona, they're twins and they're bitches, and then there's Farah, benign but bitchy. I do not know where this series will end up, or if it'll ever hang anywhere other than my studio, but this stage I do not care. I am up to my elbows in paint that looks like icing, and surrounded by jewelry that feels like my beloved Grammy Blanche. This is my medicine right now, and I will happily take it every single day. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up with number six. Although I could go on and on and on about the things that I'm thankful for, I'm sure that you're wondering about that giveaway that I mentioned off the top. So I'm going to finish off with saying how thankful I am for this unbelievable community. You guys are the reason I get to do all of the crazy stuff I do. I love getting messages from you about your blocks, inner critics, and all of the junk that could stop you, but that you've pushed past. I love seeing pictures of my books in your home or watching Instagram stories of you working away while listening to the podcast. When I posted that my dad died and that the podcast was indefinitely on hold, I cannot tell you how many hundreds, literally hundreds of love-filled messages that I got that felt like hugs from the other side of the world. So thank you. Thank you for being part of my life and part of this amazing community. None of us are alone on this creative adventure, and I am so grateful that you've included me in yours. Speaking of grateful, I am also so happy that I had so many amazing co-hosts on this new iteration of the podcast. Huge thanks to Ashley Longshore, Samantha Fields, Terrence Payne, Kate Bingham and Burt, Andy J. Pizza, Penny Lane Shen, Martha Rich, and Esther Pearl Watson. We're starting at the top of the list again in January with more WWALD, What Would Ashley Longshore Do?, Pain Points with Terrence Payne, Creative Myth Busting with Andy J., Weird Art History Stories with Esther Pearl Watson, The Occasional Visit from My Son Charlie, Other Insightful Fun Craziness, and probably even a few surprise guests throughout the spring. So stay tuned. Okay, your family might actually start to be wondering where you are now, so let's do this giveaway, shall we? A few weeks ago, I announced a tote bag that I made with Art Girl Rising. It's got the name of six women artists who I love. Um, I could have put a thousand names on there, but I was already pushing my luck with six. Anyway, I have an extra one for one of you. Oh, and what are totes good for carrying? 
Yes, books. I am filling the tote with two of my latest books, a signed copy of A Big Important Art Book, Now with Women, and the workbook iteration that came out in October titled A Big Important Artist, A Womanual. Between the two books, there are 70 in-depth profiles of contemporary female artists and 40 did-you-know bios about the historical women who blazed the trails before us. Oh, and in case you're looking for something to do over the holidays or the next year, <laughs> again, between the two books, there are 40 jumpstarter projects to get you moving and making. So, if you want to put your name in the hat, I'll be giving this bag of books to one of you. I'll pull one name on January 1st, 2020. So just leave a comment on my site, thejawscurator.com, at the bottom of the post that goes with this episode. And of course, everyone from anywhere can enter. Good luck, and again, thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Here's to a healthy, happy new year filled with adventures, art, and auditioning for Saturday Night Live. Hey, you never know. I'm going to work on my 2020 list right now. So far, all I have on there is get first tattoo, but that might just be the Christmas chocolate talking. Enjoy the rest of your holiday, and I will be back on January 4th with a brand new episode of Art for Your Ear. See you then.